Welcome, everybody, to the Natural Born Hunter podcast brought to you by Mountain Ops. Mountain Ops is a supplement company that specializes in the needs of the hunter. If you need a little more protein in your diet, boom, hit up the Magnum. Three different sources of protein in there, so it absorbs in your body at different points in time, making it last longer so you can get stronger. You can also check out their Yeti pre-workout, perfect for hitting max lifts, PRs, getting your head in the game, and getting after it. They also have Enduro. For those of you who are a little more cardio-based in your workouts, looking to charge hard for long hours at a time. What do you, any ideas what you want to talk about tonight? A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything? A little hunting, a little fitness? Yeah, whatever. How to get jacked. How to get jacked. I like that. All right, let's go live. And we are live tonight, this beautiful Friday evening, with Dan Staten of Elk Shape, also of a little bit of CrossFit notoriety. He's been to the CrossFit Games, which is a pretty big deal. You know, a lot of people want to make it there, and not a lot of people have. So, Dan, that's, that's kind of the thing I want to get into first. What's it like stepping out there? uh man that's hard to describe that's a good question it's i don't know it's exciting to step on the stage but it is so much more than that it's rewarding to just get there everybody feels the same way even the individual competitors because i just want to say i was on a team which is not as hard as going individual in my opinion but uh we've qualified a team twice to the games but the First time we stepped foot out there, I would say I was just like, ah, sort of like we finally this really happened. We made it, and uh, it's just so much less pressure at the games compared to regionals. And if people don't know, regionals is a stepping stone in where you earn a spot or an invite. And man, just to get there is such a huge accomplishment. It's delayed gratification. It's like years and years of training, and you finally made it. So uh, it's it's magical, man. What was your favorite moment throughout the whole process? Well, uh, I think that's a tough question, too. I'm throwing, um, I'm throwing the hard ones out there. It's hard to pick just one, but I was really relieved the year we went that in 2013 that we didn't have to go in the ocean. I don't, I'm not afraid of water, and I'm, I love the ocean, but I hate swimming, like, Swimming is not my strength, um, and I know that. But uh, I was relieved that we didn't have to swim. But any of the events were pretty awesome. Like the one that probably hurt the most in the shortest amount of time was my wife and I were hooked up on a sled, and just we did a relay, and her and I were pulling this couple hundred pounds of sled, like a, almost like the Iditarod type thing, where it's just me and her, and we were just work dogs. And I mean, it was only a hundred yards, but I mean, you literally, as soon as you crossed the finish line, you could not even stand. Your legs were so full of blood, and you were just, oh, my gosh. Like, that was some of the shortest amount of pain I've felt ever because you can't duplicate the effort you would put forth when you have that many people at the StubHub Center cheering for you. Uh, The other highlight was just the first time we got to work out in the tennis stadium. That's where it's a very intimate setting at the CrossFit Games where it's nothing but the fittest people in the world watching you in this small little arena it's kind of like you're a gladiator stepping out for the first time and um i really enjoyed working out in the tennis stadium that was awesome and to share that with your wife that's got to be a pretty unbelievable experience that not a lot of athletes get to do yeah i married up my wife is (laughs) i I tell everybody she's she's 10 times the athlete she's 10 times the athlete i ever could dream to be and She's a hard worker, like she's she's one of the hardest working people I know, but more importantly that like uh, she took all the talent that is God given and, and worked hard with it, which a lot of talented people don't do, you know, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Well, this girl's talented and works hard, so like she got scholarships, uh, athletic scholarships to go to college. I 
paid tuition. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> you and me, talentless <laughs> suckers, <laughs> just working hard out there grinding. I know what it's like. Sorry, I can't throw a javelin 170 feet. You know, she can literally throw anything further than I can. So Was I married up. Athlete. She's just a great athlete, man. What uh, sports? What were her sports? She played a lot of soccer and track. Um, she pro- If she had a better coach in high school, she probably would have gone further with soccer because um, she's just so athletic. But, uh, no, she picked up the javelin in, in high school, and she's got an arm on her, man. She can throw. So. That, that's actually interesting you mention that because that, that brings me into something that seems to come up a lot lately, and I think it's in part – due to the rise in CrossFit and how it's bringing along all these other kind of satellite sports with it. And that's the importance of coaching, good coaching. You're a coach, right? Yeah. Where would you rank coaching in the process of importance in an athlete's career? I think it will make or break an athlete. I think 99.99% athletes need a coach if they want to truly get close to the their limit, reaching their potential. Uh, there's the 0.01 percenters that are just super talented, God-gifted, and, t- and just can do the work by themselves without a coach. But anybody who's normal or like you and I, you need a coach. You need somebody. I need a coach. You know, I'm a coach and I need a coach. There's I mean, normal, not very talented people like ourselves need really great coaches. Period. <laughs> I'm normal, somewhat. So yeah. Here's a question: When do you think? Uh, all right, let me rephrase this. How soon into a person's person's or athlete's career do you think the coaching really becomes important? Because let's be honest. I don't know if T-ball's quite the age where it starts mattering, but I was thinking, like, from 10 to 12, 13, that's when it really starts to matter. Or do you think it starts yeah. right from the beginning? No, no. Like, my daughter's not even two, and we have her in gymnastics, and that's a shit show. But <laughs> uh, So it doesn't matter then. But uh, I've tr- I went lived in Boise for a year and, sh- and opened up a company called Parisi Speed School. It's a national chain, and I spent a lot of time in Fairlawn, New Jersey, up your way. I think I did one. Yeah, I think I did a Parisi speed school in high school. And those, the founder of that, Bill Parisi, and his main trainer, Martin Rooney, they, like, really opened my eyes to that when you're 12, 13, right in there, your nervous system is begging to be taught properly. You have, like, this brand-new computer with all these gigs and gigs of memory, and it's empty and what you program and what you hardwire happens right then and there. So a lot of coordination and motor recruitment, just nerd words, but just – I like those. That's nice. Nerd words. You can get – I mean, you can learn how to do everything the right way when you're right there. Like you're so ready to be programmed. Uh, or you can be like a lot of the CrossFit athletes that you coach and I coach that are like 30s and 40s, and they have already hardwired how to do everything wrong. And we have to, like, break them down, make them realize, maybe even tears, but, and then rewire them and build them back up to the right way to move their body. I'm, I've, I'm sure you've seen this, right? It's the f- athlete who's over 40s, maybe close to the 50s. They come in for the first time, right? You're ready to do the assessment, your fundamentals, whatever, and you ask them to see an air squat. And the air squat, the the stance is about three inches apart with their feet or so. They go to bend over. They start hunching over. Their back curls, you know, where their chest is almost hitting their knees. They can't get below parallel. It's turning into like a weird good morning. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even understand how they go to take a number two. Because they can't even like squat, like, and you have to squat properly to sit on the toilet, I think. But I don't know. It's the physics. The physics. I wondered that. Are they just free falling down to the porcelain? Yes. Like, dear God, catch me on this thing. There, there are handrails, probably. You know, <laughs> you know handrails. They could be incorporated. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, 
I actually had this experience this morning where there was a high school junior girl in this group, the 6 a.m. class, and I'm coaching her and dudes who are all late 40s, mid 50s. And this girl could move unbelievably well. Like, she hasn't been doing CrossFit that long, but everything she did, she was crushing it. And I'm just looking at her, and this is the first time I'd I'd coached her, and I was like, have you thought about doing competitive CrossFit? Because you might have a future here. I'm looking at you move, and it's like, so can you do a muscle-up? She's like, yeah, I, I tried one on the rings the other day, and I did one. And I was like, she's got a gymnastic background, doesn't she? I think she does. I didn't get too into it, but uh, yeah. she's built like you ever see the girls with the huge shoulders, and they've got the V going on the yep. top. Yep, that's what that's what she had. Little stick girl with just these big shoulders. So I assume she's something like that. She's a that's former what... gymnast. I guarantee it. And and honestly, that's that's like the my favorite athletes. Anybody with a back background in gymnastics, I love teaching them CrossFit. They're gonna just break records. Um, and which is why my daughter's not even two and she's in gymnastics is because I wish I had been in gymnastics, even as a kid, like just up through 10, 12, like get to level one or level two is awesome. You can do so much with your body and you're coordinated. And, um, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the gymnastics where it gets like that shit crazy. And you like go to, you're like 14 or 15 and you go into gymnastics at 5 a.m. And then you go to school and then you go back to gymnastics for three to four hours, seven days a week. Like that's not going to be us, but I like the gymnastics. So how far into her gymnastics career would you like to see her go? Like how deep Uh, would we say? You know, until she becomes a teenager and hates me. Um, But until then, you know, because you know she's like daddy's little girl until she's probably about 13. I watched all my sisters do that to my dad, and just <laughs> they want nothing to do with you for a few years. But uh, as long as she's enjoying herself, and then I hope she likes CrossFit, obviously. She's already spends a lot of time at the gym as it is. I, she probably will. But who knows? She might just like ballet and dancing. Actually, right? that's something I, I kind of want to ask you a little bit about. You know, your dad, CrossFit box owner. How often do you bring her to the gym with you? Do you ever bring her when you're coaching, or is it just kind of when you don't have nothing else going on there, more of like family time, or what? No, my wife and I are like everybody else. We are trying to, you know, pay bills. We have to work. She works. I work. Um, there's days when um, I have to bring Avery to the gym a little bit, but um, – like today, both of us were off, and, and I coached one class, so I brought Avery, and uh, I held her while Alicia worked out the class, and I taught the class, and it was hard, but um, I want her to be at the gym a couple days a week for sure, And um, but we don't put her in daycare. Grandma watches her a lot, and uh, both grandmas, so it's pretty cool to to do that, but man, I, I, I do like having little kids. Uh, we, we, have a, we do CrossFit kids at our box. And that's pretty cool. Tomorrow we have it, and uh, there'll be 30, 30 crazy really? four to 12-year-olds. We have, like I think, five coaches there when there's that many kids because uh, they have little, little tension span issues. But uh, it's pretty cool to teach these kids to move and see them. Like, dude, we work them. They all get really sweaty, and, and they learn what hard work is at an early age. And I think that's cool. I think that's really hip. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love seeing that, especially – the fact that they're starting at four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's a challenge. I, my wife and uh, my coach uh, that works for me, Salem, they're both CrossFit kids certified, and um, they went and got certified and brought back so much to the gym. So I encourage any box owners listening, um, all two of you or whoever. But yeah, look at the surprise. Yeah, you never know. CrossFit kids is where it's at, man. It's really. If anything, it doesn't make us a ton of money, and that's not really – but it, it plants a seed for our future members, and I think it's a highlight of the kid's day. Yeah, man. I That sounds like something I would love to do when I was yeah. that age, like just get out, start learning that stuff. But that's also one of those things where you look back and you're like, man, I was so glad I learned how to do all these things when I was young because yep. learning it later in life is such a bigger pain in the ass. Yeah, oof. One thing you actually, when I saw you posted a video, 
I think it was on your Instagram, maybe. Maybe it was Facebook, but I think it was your Instagram. It was you and your daughter dancing to T.I. Oh, God. I think think it was uh, Go Get It, to the Uh song Go Get It. You had her dancing, and I thought, well, if... This this fatherhood stuff looks pretty easy. I think I can do it. I think I got this. I think T.I. does a really good job of inspiring young kids, one-and-a-half-year-olds, to go and get it. I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> I would want my son from at least age one-and-a-half up to be ready to go and get it. Yeah, she's always had an affinity for, like, anything gangster beats and uh, – I've always, you know, I listen to all types of music. So I, uh, I laughed when uh, I, I put that video's old, man. That's over. That might be a year ago, but it tells you how memorable that was. I remember seeing that video. I watched yeah. it a few times. I was like, this is the greatest thing I showed my wife. I was like, look at this kid, look at this kid, because I love Ti. So I was like, yeah. oh, you got to see this kid go dance to Ti. Like this rules. Well, the song is like, I got a grind that won't stop, a hustle that hustle won't, won't quit. quit. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, there's probably some bad words in there, but um, Avery will learn how to grind and hustle. Like, that's something that we do at this household, and she's going to learn that. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Glad, that, you, glad you saw that. So so was I. That Father actually, of the year. After that, it actually, Go Get It made my gym playlist. I have like I have an official gym playlist, and that made it after that. I was like, you know what? I forgot how great this song was. I'm putting it on the playlist. Uh, so that may also be one of the reasons I've never forgotten it. Every time I think I hear that song come on, I think about a little one-year-old kid dancing to it. Yeah. Like, yeah, she I'll knows what's up. So you're also a pretty successful bow hunter. You get after it. I try hard. And you do the videos for Hoyt's Get get Serious, Get Fit segments on YouTube. Yep. What inspired you to get going on that? Um, I've had a good relationship with Hoyt for since probably 2007, 2008. And it just kind of progressed from, hey, you're our pro staff. We need you to send in some content for our website. <clears throat> And this is before social media was real popping. So I would piece together some articles on fitness. And I think one day I'm just like, hey, you know what? I know how to video and edit. Like it's so much easier to watch a video than to read an article and study PDF and try to figure out. Uh, so I was like, let's try this. And uh, I think my first couple of videos might have got ixnayed by Hoyt Corporate. They, uh, I might have had some TI in the, in the background or something. <laughs> Um, I do remember a few times them saying, Hey, we need you to like use uncopywritten music, preferably no rap. Um, which I understand, but, uh, I try to have my personality shine wherever I go and, um, you know, but yeah, that's kind of how it progressed was it went from writing articles to, Hey, I think we can make videos better, uh, reach people and they can watch it on their mobile device while they're at the gym and learn these moves. Um, I haven't done one in a few months. Uh, I need to do one here soon. So if anybody's interested or wants a specific subject covered, please hit me up, send me a message, reach out to me and let me know. I'm always looking for good ideas. Um, you know, stuff, something new, new content. You know, that actually brings up some of my, I've, I've watched the videos and one thing I don't think it's talked about enough. And I was so happy you've done a couple videos on it now is the importance of shoulder activation and mobility and taking yeah. care of your shoulders. Cause I feel like when I was helping out at a archery pro shop, the older dudes, older archers would come in and be like, man, I can't pull this poundage back anymore. You know, oh, I'm getting a crossbow because I can't pull the bow back anymore. It's like, why? Oh, my shoulders are wrecked. And, well, think of it this way. Would you go into a gym, throw your max, you know, one rep max on for the bench and just get after it every time? No, yeah. you probably wouldn't do that. You'd do some warm-up sets you know, some other stuff to get the body ready. But with archery, guys are like, all right, heavy, heavy, you know, draw weight, pull it back, and let's just shoot that until we can no longer shoot. Yeah, man, shoulders are everything when it comes to pulling back a bow. I mean, uh, I don't even know where to start with this subject, but the quick quick and easy is, like, 
It doesn't you, have to be quick. It could be long. The shoulders, man, like they're your lifeblood. Like that's, I mean, everybody seems to neglect their shoulder mobility. You take it for granted. And uh, I've talked about it many times, but like the shoulders are, they're complicated. Like they're not attached by anything but soft tissue. You know what I mean? Obviously most hunters know that. They've taken shoulders off animals. You don't have to cut through bone to get a shoulder off. You know yeah. what, though? I don't think most hunters make that crossover of I oh, would have yeah. my shoulder taken off the exact same way. <laughs> like there's that disconnect. I can take your shoulder off super easy. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> but who thinks about that? Who thinks yeah. about that when they're shooting? Oh, this thing's just held together by some, you know, soft tissue. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I myself included, like I've, I've never really had major shoulder issues. I've had some, some nicks and some bumps, and it's put a dent recently in my shooting just before the open my I had some shoulder and elbow pain and and it like there was day, a couple of days where I wanted to go shoot and I was like mm, can't shoot my shoulder hurts too bad and one day I went to the range and pulled back my bow and it was like everything I had to pull it back once and I was just like really so I mean it happens to everybody even guys who are in really good shape or bad shape like shoulders super important so watch those videos and learn how to mobilize and take care of your shoulders like great mobile shoulders they're going to stay injury resistant and you're going to be able to shoot that bow and hopefully you know not be that guy that's got to switch to a crossbow or a bang stick you know you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be the guy who has to if you do it by choice that's one thing but to be retired early due to shoulder problems oh that's got to suck but there's those older guys who probably you know like my dad who have had shoulder issues for a long time and finally was forced to go get surgery. Right. And that's, you know, he probably could have for the most part avoided surgery by doing, taking care of business and his due diligence. But, um, the good news was he didn't miss anything as far as archery goes. Um, he had a pretty quick recovery, like six months and they found a few bone spurs, which is really, really common. Like a lot of guys get their, shoulder reconstructed surgery they're reattached or they got a loose rotator cuff or torn labrum you go in there and you got some bone spurs and those doctors can just shave those down and bone spurs are i mean those are bad deal i mean you can work around them for a while but eventually you're going to have to take care of bone spurs and get them removed or shaved down because they cause a lot of wear and tear it's like sandpaper on a bump and then your muscles and soft tissues are just going against it and uh, yeah, so he got he had two on each side, so he got those shaved down, and he's he's in great shape, man. He's doing good. That's so, awesome. Still out there hammering. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, he's he's still trying to, you know. He, my dad's fun to hunt with, and he's he's such a he's such a good. My dad is like you know you hear that cliche, but my dad. I hope to be half the man my dad is, and that's so true with me too. My dad is literally the nicest guy in the world and i'm not <laughs> i want to be he, <laughs> he's so genuine and he just puts himself last he puts everybody first and uh last year we were able to get him a bull he was in a bull drought of a couple of years where he just didn't get a just didn't happen and last year on his birthday we were able to call one in for him we got to hunt together i was tagged out and so we went up there and i think i posted on instagram that morning i got cell phone service and i'm like happy birthday dad let's go get you a bull and then like literally two hours later we we he stuck a bull and we got it and we were hauling it out so that's that's phenomenal and he yeah. did he write an article about hunting that was in the crossfit journal or was that no someone um, else they did a CrossFit Journal thing um, back when I was doing Train to Hunt with Kenton, and they came out and filmed, and there's a funny backstory behind that. I think we should talk about it because it's hilarious, but so Ken and I were doing, we started CrossFit and got it off the, our Train to Hunt, we got it off the ground in, I think, 2010 or so, and and I reached out to CrossFit HQ, and I'm like, hey, you guys keep putting some cool pictures of people killing animals on your main site, and I love the thousands of comments of mostly positive but a bunch of negative people that eat paleo but are like pissed that somebody went and did their own killing themselves that's and crazy that's crazy so hq was like cool we'll come out and film you so they sent out a cameraman 
and he just filmed Ken and I talking about train to hunt, talking about our lifestyle. And I think at one point, yeah, we were at our cab, my cabin in Idaho and they were filming kind of us doing some simulated, you know, shooting and hiking and preparation. And, uh, the guy was interviewing us and I, I poured Kenton some whiskey and I poured myself some whiskey and you can ask Kenton about that, but I don't know about him, but I sucked down like three whiskeys and I was slurring on camera and it's still all on YouTube. It's still on that video. I have to find, so that. <laughs> find that video and post it. And just so everybody know, I had a pretty good buzz going on during that interview. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh man. I'm, I'm going to be looking up. I'm going to be looking up those archived videos. Slurring my words and it's embarrassing, but live and learn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe when you're on camera, don't just keep knocking back whiskeys. Who would have thought? So good when it hits your lips. But no. you know, I've I know the pain. I felt that pain <laughs> before. There's been a lot of desires for these podcasts to turn into drinking podcasts, but no, can't do it because then they'll get way too wild than they need to be. No filter. Yeah, let's keep the filter on a little. Little bit, little. little sometimes bit. you gotta keep it on a little bit has to be listenable. Yeah. So, do you have a most memorable hunt? Dude, no, I don't because they're all super memorable. I mean, um, I feel like, I mean, do you have one? I mean, aren't they all pretty cool? <sighs> yeah, I have a most memorable, two most memorable, like, moments in hunts. I don't that. have a hunt that was like, oh, man, that's unbelievable uh one was the first time i took my now wife out hunting and we're out there and at that time she was a vegetarian yoga teacher and so we're up there in the stands and up walks a dog or not a dog uh, a deer excuse me a buck that is a little spike and he was no bigger than a Labrador dog, right? And he's walking up this chopped down corn row and she looks over and goes, hey, a buck, shoot it. And I was like, what? She's like, come on, this is what we've been waiting for. Aren't you going to shoot it? And I was like, no, he's too small. I can't shoot him. She's like, then give me the gun. I'm going to shoot him. And I was like, what? I go, you don't even know where to shoot him. She goes, that doesn't matter. I'm lucky at these sort of things. And I was, oh, my gosh. And from then on, from then on, she was hooked. So that that was the soon to be the downfall of the vegetarianism, which she had been like a vegetarian for like seven years before that. Next thing you know, bacon, venison. Venison was just a gateway drug that got her into all it the is. harder meats. I love that gateway drug. You know, that's that's cool you mentioned her because – when you said my wife or well, I thought of my wife right when you were talking about that too because uh, – babe, you want to say hi? No. She just walked by. Uh, we were – I don't know when. I mean we've been together for – oh, God, I don't get in trouble. But I think we've been married for six, coming on seven years. But we've been together maybe eight. We didn't date very long. but Throw it an ish. Throw ish, an ish in there. Yeah. Ish, but she's not ever really been into hunting like – She's always known me as an avid, avid psycho hunter. Like to her, for her, like my biggest test was to put her through a fall and let her see that I go crazy. I just, I'll drop all responsibilities. I want to go hunt. I live for it. And um, it, at one point she, it clicked for her on the wild game side. She still hates that I'm gone. And if people don't, people don't talk about this very much, but my wife and I have, we have distinction. We have uh-oh. We got another guy coming? Yeah, I still got you. Phil's Phil's now here. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. those of you listening to us live, don't worry. Mm. The podcast has now been saved. The Show man, up. the myth, the legend, the Iceman returneth. He coming. Okay. Will, what the hell are you doing, man, with, an, with, the, with the breaking into the conversation like that? What are you guys talking about? We're talking about strip clubs and where to get the cheapest hookers. So maybe this was a good time to cut it off. Well, do you do you want the um, upgraded version of the podcast, or you? What are we looking for here? I told I told Dan I go. We're going to be in a little bit of trouble because Phil's not here, and I'm not sure what to do without Phil here to guide me. 
No, man, you're good. What's up? How you How you doing, Dan? Good, man. I was just uh, we we're just yakking about our ladies and hunting, Uh-oh. which I'm curious to hear your take on this. But my wife is, uh, you know, we we do get invites annually about how much I hunt because I do a, a lot, and it is a very selfish sport at times because you are leaving your work and your family and your and your but the caveat there's a caveat is at some point around 2008 or 2009 you know i was getting two elk a year and i usually do and our freezer is full year round with awesome elk meat and it's she took a, a like it is now like if i told her that i passed on a five by five she would be pissed because i need to if it's brown and it's got if it's legal i need to kill it right out the gates like we got to get one elk in the freezer right out the gates. And, dude, that is really cool mm-hmm. to have her support and that she loves the wild game. And, uh, but yeah, like there's a struggle there too. And, and, and that's my personal deal. Like, I'm not very good at finding balance. Uh, and, uh, I'm all or none. So, but, anyways, that was my story with my wife is just like she loves elk meat as much as I do, if not more. Well, and she's all the, about it. Here's the thing that's like, don't you feel like somewhere along the line, Men screwed themselves when whenever the the thing was where men would disappear in you know groups to go hunting and come back with food while women would do I don't know what they do back at camp, but whenever that societal turn happened and men gave up that whole going away hunting being the, you know the hunter gathering thing, we yeah. we fucked ourselves. That was the <laughs> end of it. Dang it! Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, guys, because uh, you know I got. It's tough to get away for and, and hunting with a bow. You guys know it just you just, not that hunting with a rifle is any easier, but it might be a little bit. Success rates might show that it's a little bit harder. You need a little more time in the field to get it done. But yeah. being a hunter, hunting even with other people, hunting is the most selfish sport you can do. I think. Yeah. I just I disagree. Yeah, what do you think go. the most selfish sport is? The most selfish sport? Yeah. If that's you, not the most you, selfish sport, what is? You can make any sport selfish. So, nope. I, I mean, you can be playing ping pong and, you know, it can be all about you. Like like Dan said, I get, when I get into something, it, it's all in. I mean, it's, it, I'm 100%, I'm all in, or it, it's just, it's not, it's like, there's like a disconnect, right? It's It's just... If I can't get motivated and fixated on a goal and something that I want to achieve, and, and, and sometimes the more difficult or just the more unrealistic, the better, just because it, it keeps you uh, it, it keeps you focused and it keeps you um, – what, what's the – I'm looking for a word. It, it's, it's almost uh, obsessive. Tunnel vision. Right? It, it's like almost obsessive. So in that situation, yes, it can be the most selfish, right, because – I, I'm I'm guilty of that, Dan. You said you you struggle with balance, dude. I'm with you, man. I, I yeah. struggle with balance a hundred percent. But now, I mean, to actually here in about five hours, I'm going to hit the road with my oldest son on our first on his first hunt, right? So to put in perspective, usually by this time, I'm I'm it's all about my gear. You know what? I've got six arrows in my in or five arrows in my in my quiver that. I've shot, and I've only shot those broadheads twice out of that bow, and I've spent the last couple hours getting his stuff ready, making sure his clothes is ready, making sure the food that we need to take is ready, you know, a tablet for him to sit in the blind, and, and just little stuff, right? So yeah. because of that, it's not selfish to me anymore. Um, now it's his turn to be selfish. That's it, what's happening. It, we just it passed it on. Well, yes or no, I guess it's a matter of perspective. But, yeah, I guess, it, like I said, depending on how you look at the question. And it can be. And I'm I've been guilty of it, 100%. Um, and come September, I'm probably going to be guilty of it again. But let me switch this up a little bit. It's not so much that it's selfish; it's that it requires so much of you. Like you could be balls to the walls with like CrossFit or another sport, but you could really only go and work out so many hours of the day, right? Yeah, you can go look at film and technique and all that. When you're going hunting, if you could get away with it. You'd just sit in that stand 24 hours or out in the woods, wherever you're doing, for 24 hours of the day, just continually doing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's – I don't know. Like I said, I, 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 can, I can see where you're coming from on that, but um, 
I don't know. I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm starting to see things a little differently, and it's just I'm just getting a taste because my son can't hunt big game. He can actually hunt big game in Nebraska any time. They don't have an age re- restriction. Right? Nice. Phil's so moving to Nebraska. He's well, no, I mean I, it's it's like I said. I can be in Nebraska in three hours from from where I live, and um, we're gonna where we're going to hunt with some friends. It's uh it's four and a half five hours out there, but it's turkey, and I told him that he couldn't hunt a big game animal till he was ten. And I just, because I want to make sure that he's ready for it. Because if it's something that he gets a taste too quick and I feel, you know, some people say, oh, beginner's luck, or they shoot the biggest trophy or something right away their first year. And then maybe they're not as into it because they haven't had to sacrifice and suffer and, you know, go years where you maybe didn't shoot anything or, or uh, you didn't shoot a big one. And, and I grew up that way, you know. We we grew up rifle hunting, and we but, but when we were hunting, we were meat hunting. It was... If we shot two cows out of the group of five or six guys that are up there, man, that's a successful trip. Yeah. And now, you like you say, you, you look at it, Dan, you, you say you, you shoot, you know, as many as two elk a year. I shot two bulls last year myself. And I'm like, man, I, 15, 20 years ago, I couldn't have dreamed that. Right. You know? So it's it's different, man. It's interesting how, how things change and evolve. And I'm, I'm just starting to partake on a new journey, and I'm I'm, I'm going to try to enjoy the ride. There's something about, you know, everyone's hunt is different. And a hunt is, is such a general word, but, you know, what's the first thing you think of when I say go hunting? You know, Will, it might be he's thinking of that perfect stand and that set that's just a, a dreams are made of. And, and Phil's probably got Disappearing into the woods. That's what I'm doing. Disappearing. Phil's probably got some huge alpine meadow at 13,000 feet or something in Colorado. And, and I'm thinking of bushwhacking in, in the steep nasty mountains of idaho and but all of us have a different different thought process when when hunting because it's different for everybody but we can all agree i think that most people in society today have no they can't really relate or have any thought process of how we are in the woods away from our cell phones most people i would hope and we're away from we're just we're not we're disconnected from society uh, for me, it's it's pretty spiritual, and it's I love being alone. I'm kind of a loner in the woods. I just love being out there by myself with the Creator, and just doing my thing, and just unplugging from the world. And I need that. And maybe a lot of people just don't know they need that or haven't experienced it. But I guess my point is is one that hunting is different for everybody. When you say go hunting, and two, um, I think more and more people need that separation from their mobile device and their internet connection and to get out and be in something pristine and beautiful and wild. I think that will you're, you're where you're coming from with that statement or question is because so many of the people that we talk to and in, in ourselves that we're in it all year, we're preparing, we're, you know, whether it's shooting our bow or working out, there's still that next tier of guys down that they're not as into it or not as serious. Maybe it's, they haven't gotten the bug 100% yet, right? Maybe they just, um, they just that's not their deal. They just want to go out and have buddy, hang out with buddies and drink some beer, and maybe they'll shoot something, you know? Um, and then there's the people that are maybe learning and just very green and not sure what to, how to, which direction to take it yet. So I think once you've reached a point where, like you, you, what Dan just said, where you where you know what your, your, your place of – of Zen is right or what, whatever it is, you know, cause I'm, I'm the same way, man. Last year when I got to go sheep hunt, I almost had a sigh of relief when I, when we woke up that first morning and I knew my cell phone wasn't working, you know, yeah. it was like, you know what? I I'm, I'm here and I've got six or seven days to spend up here. And if I get lucky enough to tag out, you know what bonus, but I'm just going to get after it. And and experience everything that there is here to experience, you know, from from the smells to the sights to, you know, the, the cold-ass mornings that to whatever it is, you know. So I think that once people realize, once they get a taste of that, and, and maybe it's 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 on guys like us who, who've seen it, who've experienced it, and who's tasted it, yeah. to take somebody else that hasn't gotten that experience or that perspective yet because, we well, like you said, Dan. You, you know what you you know where you need to be at a certain time of year and where it makes you happy, right? Yeah. And maybe there are some people that haven't quite experienced that yet, and and I think that's where 
you know, we have this platform to talk on a podcast or Dan, you know, your blog and, and, and social media and, and reaching out to people. And I think that that's at the end of the day, whether it's kids like my son, for example, with 2000 questions, he's already asked me today of which I've had to stop myself a couple of times from getting frustrated because, <laughs> you know, it's seriously, what's, what are we doing here? Well, what's next? And then he'll repeat, repeat the questions in a different way. He's excited, man. I'm, I'm happy to see that. So I need to, I need to, do you have a top five questions you've heard today? Uh, yeah, you know, there, well, no, there, I, I can tell you that he's probably, I'm, I'm dead serious. He's probably asked me somewhere between 150 and 200 questions. I swear to God. Holy shit. Dad, Dad are we going to put our heavy jackets on right when we leave the truck or are we going to wait till we get in the blind? Dad, um, <laughs> is it going to be dark when we're hiking? Dad, am I going to have a headlamp? Uh, Dad, um, the devil's in the details, Dad. Oh, man. <laughs> How close are we going to be to where the turkeys sleep? Dad, you know, is it going to be windy tomorrow? You know, oh, man, I tell you what. It, and and it's things that, you know, we process all those questions. You know, those things go through our head anyway, right? Yeah, is it going to be windy? Is it going to, you know, do we need, we've got all our gear in check. You know, we have our rain gear. Is it going to be raining? All those things that we go through in the process of preparing. Dude, my six-year-old son is on point with about 95% of them because he already knows whether it's because he sees me getting ready or whether he's watched enough TV or whatever it is, man. I, you know what? Like I said, I'm excited. I hope I don't even get to draw my bow this weekend. You know what? Because yeah. that if, if I get, to, if he gets to see the birds bonus, if he gets to get a shot and that's the other question, dad, am I going to miss my first shot? Um, is it okay if I'm at Domino? Yeah, it's okay, son. We're going to do the best we can. If we get a good shot, we'll get a shot. Okay. So then it's okay if I, yes, son, if you miss, you know what? We've been practicing. I mean, he's drill. I've got him shooting a crossbow. I had to, I had to make a decision whether it's going to be a shotgun or crossbow. And I'm like, you know what? This kid's grown up around archery. He's been shooting a bow since he's before, before he was three years old. He can't shoot his bow yet, but you know, he's going to still shoot a bow at a turkey hopefully this weekend. So we'll see, man. I'm I'm hoping to do the my Monday morning podcast, uh, a recap of hopefully a, an eventful weekend. And um, look, at, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I, I'm I'm like I said, I have to kind of sit back and, and and remind myself that all those questions that that he's asking a hundred times over, and that's stuff that we need to think about anyway. It's the stuff stuff that we're doing, you know. Right. So I'm sure, there are questions you asked as well. Oh, you know, at some point I probably did. I really, I mean, maybe, or maybe it's just you've done it so much you forget where, when you learned it or where you learned it from. I know I learned most of my stuff from my dad and my uncle, but there's still a point in time where, I don't know, a lot of those questions, I don't remember where I learned them, but I know to, you know, to stick some extra teepee in my bag. And now that I got my son, I better stick some, some more teepee in my bag and, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know. I think Dan, too, summed it up about the spirituality, the zenness that is hunting. When you're out there, everything, you're disconnected from everything, and you're just in that moment. And that isn't the only, that's not the only thing that is hunting, but that's such a huge part of hunting that I think it was Dan you said before that people just don't understand. They don't see it. Maybe they haven't seen it yet. Or they yeah, haven't seen not. it yet. Especially, you know, like hope. those people who were on the CrossFit Journal thing who couldn't understand why you're going out there. To me, it's like hunting, I don't I don't feel like I need yoga. I don't feel like I need to meditate. I feel like if I just go hunting, that's going to put me right where I need to be. There's so much clarity in the, in the mountains when you're by yourself. And, you know... We all live pretty distracted in this world, this day and age where everything's at your fingertips. And, uh, I mean, with the advent of internet and freaking Amazon.com, you can have anything that you need at any given time. And I like the simple stuff like, dude, where am I going to get some water today? I wonder which, <laughs> where I'm going to find some water. And, um, well, I better start a fire and dry out all my gear. Because you can't stay wet in the mountains. And, you know, just the, the real basic survivor stuff that goes into hunting and, and obviously mm-hmm. the, 
primal instinct to take another animal or take an animal's life for your life because it takes life to live life. We all get that. Uh, I like that, man. And I feel like my thoughts become so clear and and uh, I'm, it's my drug of choice is elk hunting in the mountains. And I'm addicted, totally addicted. And I, you know, Phil said you're all all or none. That's me all day, every day. It's like I love delayed gratification. I'm a guy that likes to set little goals along the way for that big goal. And I love that payout at the very, very end on the last day when you finally got that bull and you can look back about all the preparation, not only training and shooting and gear, but just mentally the roller coaster ride of emotions that you went through to kill that animal. Um, I'm all about delayed gratification. And that's the word that seems to come up to me like when you're in the mountains, elk hunting is that big final finish. And uh, you guys know what I'm talking about. It's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah, man. It's, it is. And I am dwindling. Speaking of elk, I am. We just had some elk steaks. I just had to prep some dinner for the family a little bit ago and so i shot two bulls last year and i gave some away um Ooh, have, you're nice well and, and here's the deal so my dad's not a huge fan of elk right he'll eat some my brother doesn't eat a lot of red meat oh man i tell you what so i grew up eating when we would go go hunting you know who got the most of the meat right here and i was yeah. all about it Yep. But when we would tag out multiple animals, and when I was like when I was single or when I was living alone, I knew how much I had to go through. So it it, it was just my dad's yeah. like, okay, make sure you give your uncle a piece, make sure you go to your aunt, give you, make sure you go to your grandparents, give them a piece. So I'm used to kind of parting out some of the animal and 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 sharing. Well, this year, between my sheep's gone, it's it's gone. I um, want to eat sheep so bad. Oh, I, wanna I, try that. I, I thought I thought it was delicious. And I'd heard mixed reviews on it. And when I first came home, I'm sitting there and I'm kind of cleaning the meat out of the bags and and all the deboned meat. And I'm like, yep. am I going to grind this up in the burger or is this all going to be steaks? So I just cut a couple pieces of steak off, the, off the, the back leg, salt and pepper, a little garlic salt, threw it on the grill. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Right? You're and, making me and, hungry. Oh man, everything was steaks. Everything it doesn't it didn't matter where it was from. It was chunks or it was steak. Everything. So mm-hmm. awesome, awesome meat. But my elk, um, I think that we've probably got enough to get us about another eh, month, month and a half. We eat elk about three times a week, three nights a week. Um, so I just I don't know, man. I'm I'm not gonna make it till season. <laughs> One terrible miscalculation. It it was. <laughs> it was, and I, I still got some whitetail, um, and that's really good. Hey, that that's another positive thought, right? You talking about your 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 wife, right, Dan? Or your, and and my wife, she says, I mean, I, I shot two elk this year. I shot the one meal, uh, the, the whitetail, and, and the sheep, and and I I made some 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 whitetail steaks. Oh, I don't know, a couple months ago, and she looked at me and she said, I really like elk, but why don't you whitetail hunt some more? This meat <laughs> is really really good. And at that point, I said, "She didn't." I didn't say anything. I just said, "I'm not going to ask permission next year or this coming year to go on another whitetail hunt. I'm just going to go ahead and take the initiative to book myself another whitetail hunt, whether it's <laughs> with some friends, whether it's right somewhere. I'm going. I somewhere. like how you word that. I'm <laughs> going to take the initiative. Like you're a real go getter for getting yeah. out there and hunting more. That was a permission slip, man. Wasn't not? Oh yeah, yeah. One way or another, it was permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but hey, there's no complaints when the freezer's full. Like, and a couple times she's even like, "Man, thank you for getting these out. Like, this was awesome. Like, uh, it saves on the grocery bill, and it's really good, clean meat for a bunch of you know nutrition nerds. It's awesome, clean meat, and uh, everyone's happy. It's a win-win. So that's pretty cool. So here's like a funny thing. I hardly ever cook. Maybe once a year because my wife loves cooking. She loves me cleaning up the dishes, putting everything away. That's that's where I come into play. And her being a vegetarian for all those years, she's never really known how to cook deer meat, but she cooks it. She really kind of bams it up, if you know what I mean. So the other night, she's feeling really tired. You know, pregnancy's got her, got her feeling tired. And I say, listen, I'll cook dinner tonight. 
get some elk steaks out, let them thaw. And all I do is throw them in the pan, and I add some peppers, onions, mushrooms, and then I salt it a little, and I put a little pepper on, and then I serve it open-faced on some Ezekiel toast, right? And I put a little salsa on hers. I put a little barbecue salsa on, sauce on mine, grate some fresh cheddar. There we go. This is the meal. It blew her mind how good the meat taste was tasted without anything extra added to it. That's cool. She could not get over how easy it was and that I had actually cooked it. Yeah. See? I'm, not me, man. I'll make dinner three, four nights a week. I'm Chef Boy RD. Are you really? You can cook? I, I can. I mean, I'm not sitting there, like, making, you know, Food Network, you know, all the crazy meals but your your basics that we eat well and um i'm not afraid to try some new stuff now and then so uh, and every once in a while like i said it's it, it turns out pretty damn good so yeah melanie's but, food network she's all about she? that food network life yeah so when i was just like this is all it is she was like do we need to get more stuff out and i was like no just go do your shower i got this it's all i need so what did I miss? What else did you guys talk about? Uh, Dan was wanted for several murders in Minnesota at one point, which is why he had to move to Idaho and change his name. So you missed that a little bit. And if any law enforcement's listening, it's not that same Dan. Different guy. Different guy. We found out. So my wife's yelling at me. that She's got elk steaks ready for dinner. So we got to wrap this up. You guys need to fire me uh some good questions. I've, I've got a question for you, Dan. Yeah. Are you doing the Mountain Warrior Challenge? Is it in Spokane? No. Oh, it's not. No. Uh, <laughs> Utah. I, as yeah. soon as I saw that come out, I was like, I called my buddy who's the only guy I know that shoots a rifle better than most guys. And he didn't think that he would be competitive enough. Uh, of a long distance rifle shooter um his name's levi i'm not gonna throw his last well yeah I hey, know levi, day. levi yeah. day hey levi. levi day will step his game up i want him to be my partner and i want to go crush that i mean at least have fun sound like a really cool Hell yeah shooter. but uh Hell yeah. so yeah i did ask a guy and see if he wanted to and he wasn't sure so we're undecided at this point but we better hustle up when's your competition when's the alpha may 28th and 29th coming up i think my son's being born that weekend probably not gonna make it bud that's right will will's in the same boat man so i'm gonna yeah. work out the kinks this year next year it's gonna be i mean I, it's gonna be on point right i'm i'm, I'm preparing that. now but next year's gonna be even better because we'll do better so you guys are invited again for next year nice. um but yeah no that's good man family first yeah. But, uh, yeah, that that mountain warrior challenge, man, that it it sounds so cool. But I'm in the same boat. I know zero rifle guys that are proficient past four or five hundred yards. That's that's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. that's tough. I'm kind of out of that. Realm. Snipers are hard to find. <laughs> well, and here's the deal, right? I bet you can find some, but are you gonna want to? You, you know, there's there's something to teaming up with somebody when there's physical challenges involved because if you know how hard you're going to prepare to to hustle your butt up a mountain with 40 pounds come back out with 80 pounds you know it's it's not anything you can't do but how well is somebody else that you don't know that well and they're not in your inner circle you know that that's that's my concern with teaming up with somebody that i don't know am i going to go out and prepare and be ready to go and then sit there and have to run the course with my my weight and then have to go back and carry somebody else you know, that, that's my only concern. So, all right, Dan, flat brim hats. Why are they the greatest hats to wear? Go. Why are they the greatest? <laughs> you know, I like a, I like them a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I like them a little bit. Um, I didn't at first. I didn't at first because uh, that was nothing but my Facebook feed, bunch of flatties and bunch of wannabes. But no, I think they're they're all right. They're pretty hip or whatever. I like the regular old school fitted baseball hat style. That's probably my go-to. But I do own a few flatties. 
and I bust them out every once in a while. Oh, I've seen it when I was trolling your Facebook today for sweet pictures. I saw Valley it when caps. I was like, here we go. Here we go. Next Sometimes, question. Yes. Next question. We saw a great, fantastic workout at the ATA show this year. Thank you very much. Introduced us to Cameron Haynes. He's a little bit of a well-known hunter in this um, in this sport. Will there be a number two group workout next year at ATA? Go. Oh, definitely, man. That's something. I think Cameron and I have hit a workout together every year as long as I can remember. So I guarantee it'll happen. I just don't know. Where is ATA next year? Is it in Indy? Indy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yep. We'll find something. It'll happen for sure. And I'm down for something new, too. If people don't want to do CrossFit, dude, I'll do whatever. If you guys want to go. Shut your dirty mouth. Okay, let's do CrossFit because I don't want to run. Yeah, I was going to say. We'll just want to do curls. (laughs) Curls. Let's just do curls and bench. We'll walk into that workout this year. That's that's it. He's like, let's just go do some curls. (laughs) Let's just curl. Dude, I I switched over and I'm doing this running program right now. I'm up to about 44 or 46 miles a week doing 10-mile days, and that is not for a man of my build. Yeah, that's yes, crazy, man. That's, well, that's a lot of that's a lot of. Good for impact. you. I'd rather hike 10 well, miles I, a week I don't, than 40 miles a week than run. Yeah. So we will be seeing number two. Dan, you, Done, for sure. Guaranteed. Do you, uh, do you take any steak sauce on your uh, elk? Oh, that's a good question. It depends. I think this these steaks weren't marinating very long, so I don't know. I might I might throw a little barbecue sauce on there. I like um, that. And my wife won't take offense, but there are there are many times when she, she's got it so well seasoned it doesn't need nothing. You she know. Take so. Yeah. So but we will you, eat a medium rare. That's well for cooked. damn sure. Elk steak doesn't need. That's good. Do you enjoy supplements? <laughs> Would yes. you like? Would you like a coupon code for twenty percent off Mount Ops? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, well, Dan, let me tell you about this fine coupon code. If you enter NBH twenty at your checkout, you will get twenty percent off uh, Mount Ops supplements. Boom! <laughs> you should write discount. that down. There you go. You should write that discount. There you go, buddy. I got an idea. Order you some video idea. Get some Yeti. This. Get some ammo. There you go. Yes video on uh training to carry heavy pack yeah that's a great idea yeah because you know it sucks it it always sucks (laughs) in it shoulders and your shoulders and your back but your shoulders and your traps and all the weights on there um you know what i'd like to get some people from my gym I'd, I'd love to kill a bull in Spokane nearby and be like, all right, come experience some of this shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw 60 to 80 pounds on you, and there's going to be blood dripping on you, and you're going to sweat profusely, and we're going to hike a lot of miles several times to get this meat back, man. It's awesome. And, you know, in fact, one year, one year, I killed a bull in the shittiest place I've ever killed one. And I came back to the cabin, and it was on a weekend. My wife was there, and a couple of our friends from the gym were there. And I got them all excited about helping me pack this thing out. We left at 2 in the afternoon. I had the thing gutted. I had it hanging in quarters. We got back at 2 a.m. It was 12 hours, and most of that was hiking through brush to get to this bull. It was memorable. And I'll never forget when we got back to the cabin, we cooked – there were six of us, so I had six people, including myself, getting an elk out, which was awesome. One trip. But we each ate our own box of mac and cheese. I mean like our own box of mac and cheese and a few brewskis. And uh, everybody slept in the next day, and that was one of my favorite packouts ever. Unbelievable. Can't beat oh. it, man. Oh, it was awesome. Can't beat an ass-kicking packout. Getting <clears throat> blood all over you, and it's good. it's good for the soul. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I, let's Rule number ready. one: kill the deer next to the truck. You don't have to walk <laughs> too far. Yep. You that's, Western boys gotta learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well. Hey, Will, who's coming out to West to hunt this year? Uh, yeah, I gotta learn too. 
So you, you know? better, you know, you, you remember who's taking you out there. So I don't like to hunt next to a truck, personally. I thought, I thought this was more of a fun time. This is oh. more of a boys' trip. <laughs> you want fun? We'll take a drive up to Rocky Mountain National Park, and you, know, you could take pictures from the truck. There you go. If you want to hunt, um, just make sure your boots are broken in. They'll That's be all broken I'm gonna in. Say. Don't, you, don't, don't you worry about Will Bradley. <laughs> so I, I'm not worried about Will, and I'm not worried about Dan. I know Dan's always ready, and um, Dan, if, if you got elk steaks ready, man, I nothing's worse than a cold elk steak. So. Yeah. Um, yes, we, we will I, wrap up commercials. I apologize uh, coming in late. Appreciate you keeping the seat warm when I got here, though. And uh, Will, well, who else we got? Well, we got another, uh, we got another special gift, uh, especially for our listeners, right? Yes, we do. For any of those of you who want to buy some fantastic Maven Optics products, when you enter the code NBH Gift at checkout, you will get yourself some free Maven swag. Which is pretty awesome. Also, you should check out, and this is something I need everybody out there to do. So, turn up the volume, come in real close, and let Uncle Willie tell you what he needs. I need each and every one of you, and that includes you both, Phil and Dan, to go over and find QU's film competition. Don't worry, I will post a link in the description of this podcast. And I need you to head on over. And I need you to head over. And I need you to go to the professional long-form video. And when you get there, and this is the most important part, so please, 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 please do this. I cannot express to you enough how important this is. When you get there, under the pro-long category, Find the film Searching that our good buddy A.J. DeRosa's made, who's been on this podcast multiple times, and press the vote button and vote for that film. Because okay. right now he's in the lead by about nine votes, and we want to take this to a blowout. We want to crush our enemies and disperse their soldiers from the field and take their women. <laughs> the only way we can do that is together. Hey, and since you're you're on the topic of the the Kuyu uh, online voting, go to the amateur yeah. uh, section and check out my boy Justin Wampler's film. And I, Chris I got Hanstein. And yeah, so Justin and Chris filmed it. Uh, cool video, man. I hunted with Justin a couple years ago in New Mexico. Um, awesome dude, man. Check it out. Support support the the local guys, the the little guys. Not that Justin's a little guy, but he's uh, this being I think his first actual submission. Of a of a film for uh, for anything like this, you know, sh- show them some love. I, I I mean I I shared it on the on my page the other day too, um, but film? That's gonna help. yeah, give me one sec. What's the name of it? I will post all these links because here's the thing, people, we gotta stick together. And I know there's enough of you listening who, if even half of you vote. We will take this vote over. We can do it together. We can help these guys out because that's what it's about. It's like when Phil talks about these guys who aren't that addicted to hunting or maybe not that into it, it's like I don't know any of these guys. All our listeners, all the guys we have on the show, everyone I've met at ATA and who have been in this social circle we're creating and a part of, they're full-blown addicts. You know, I expect Dan to be leading the meeting, standing up saying, hey, I'm Dan Staten. I've been an elk hunting addict all my life. I will never be going into recovery. Everyone goes, hi, Dan. Welcome. There's nothing wrong. You're okay here. Just like that goodwill hunting moment. I bring Dan in. I give him a close hug. I tell him it's not your fault. It's not your fault. (laughs) You got it, Phil? Coming in hot with it? I believe it's expanding the tradition um, it sounds familiar. I think that's it. I think that's what it is. I think you're right. Yep. So check it out. Watch them. Expanding the tradition. I, I, they are not in the lead, and they need to get in the lead. That's right. Please and, help them. And I, I didn't just vote because he's my boy. I checked out a couple of the other videos too, and I was watching them, and they're good. Don't get me wrong, but then I went back and decided, oh, you know what? Um, I've hunted with this guy before, and I know he's real deal. So I'm gonna vote for him. Yeah, this isn't. I don't care if you watch other videos and think other ones are better. <laughs> this is not about no. that. 
This it's is about, not about that. Mm-hmm. It's about helping people in this community get ahead of people who are not part of our small community here. Well, hunter athletes, God damn it! And this is a competition, so get out there and crush these fools. Him. My competition moving forward is going to be sleep because I got to get up about two thirty in the morning and get on the road. So, Dan, thanks for the short chat, man. Will, always a pleasure. Everybody out there listening, um, have a great night or day or morning, whatever time you're listening. Um, have a great day. That's all I got to say. Go stroke those birds. I mean, we're gonna try. We'll throw some pictures up. Will, go ahead and close it, man. You can follow Dan on his blog, elkshape.com, as well as Dan the Fitness Man on Instagram. If you search for a while, you can find that extremely delightful video I talked about earlier. And uh, check us out, Natural Born Hunter, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe to everything, like everything, get out there, push it. Come on, we got to do this together because it's the only way we succeed. Uh, other than that, get your asses out there, work, hustle, hunt, because you know the Iceman's coming for you. Peace.